What's up, guys? Welcome to the sesh. Today, I got a special guest that is going to help you make money, save money, and uh, give you a lesson on, on financials. So, David, please uh, introduce yourself. Let everybody know what you do. So, my name is David A. Perez, and I help high-income earners. Real, actually, let me. I don't want to go real technical. How about I just say this? If you make a bunch of money and you don't like giving it to the government before, of, in the form of taxation, I'm the guy you come to so we can make sure you don't do that ever again. Nice. So you are in an industry that is the least sexiest of all. I think it's sexy. <laughs> well, definitely. <laughs> well, what, what, what I like about yours is that you somehow made it sexy again because for one of the things that I've noticed is that it's very hard for people to make a personal brand. Yep. Especially when you start going niche and niche and niche, even niche. So you're in the tax bracket, right? Yeah, yeah. So we go real niche, by the way. We're not even tax is. We are tax planning. And then we are tax planning for high income earners. And then we're tax planning for high income earners who want to invest in real estate. What is it about building a personal brand that most people won't do? Uh, well, it's consistency at the highest level, right? Um, and authenticity. I think it's a, it's consistently being authentic with your message. Um, so I, I think that's that's a big challenge. Well, people most. talk about authenticity. What What is that? Um, it's your ability just to be yourself, be genuine. Uh, I think we all have our own personalities. I think we all probably have a way of being every day, who we are. Um, I, I just kind of just be myself. I'm not trying to be fake. I, I notice that when I speak like this, my tone may change, right? But that does, the content doesn't change, just the tone. Right. So, so the reason I use the tone, though, is because tonality helps me connect with an audience at a different level, right? But, but the, 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 the content of my speaking, whatever I speak, like if I say it, on camera, I'll say it off camera. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not one way this way and one way this way. Now, maybe I'm a little more vulgar <laughs> <laughs> off camera. Uh, off camera, right? <laughs> um, I I do know that about myself, but that's because that's just you know some people can handle that, and yeah. that's okay. Like I, I mean, it's not because I'm any different. It just means that maybe my words of expression just become a little more intense. Right. But but the content is still the same. So, I mean, that that's a big deal for me. Yeah, well, I, I found that a, a lot of people just won't get out of their own way. Like, for example, when, when I've always been fine standing in front of a camera talking, but it took a long time for me to get decent at it. And it, I've been doing this since 2015. That's so I can I can imagine how people feel the first time they actually start. What, what was it like starting when you started? building this personal brand? Well, I, I think that um, I don't know why it came to me that I needed to record content or that I needed to get on camera. I don't know what came about it for me. I think it was more so a desire to share a, share information. Okay. I think it was an actual, like, it was just me actually just wanting to share something of value to people. I had no, you know, I had no ambitions. When I started creating content, which was probably 2013, and it wasn't because I was putting out content intentionally. I was just recording videos. And then when live came out, then it was like, oh, let me go live. And mm -hmm. so I would go live literally every single day. And I would talk about what's going on in my world, what I'm going through, my business challenges, what's going on like in life. I never went on there with, oh, I'm going to be so famous for this. It was just like me just sharing my, my story. Yeah. And um, that helped me. That prepared me. Because if I look back at those videos, I sucked. <laughs> but... But I would, by the way, but it, it's easier to share a story into a camera than to get in front of a big old audience. Yeah. To no, me, it is. Yeah. Like, no, I, I think I think you're absolutely right, because if you were to actually speak in front of a big crowd, that's when that's like the number one fear of public speaking. So what are ways that you have been able to to help yourself get better at this craft? Um, just 
consistency. Just do it over and over and over and over and over again. And then I study. I study a lot. Not, not, I don't study, like I don't get a book out and say, oh, how do I become a better public speaker? That's not the kind of studying that I do. My studying is more related to, I find people who I really resonate with because they connect with me. And then I look and study their way of presenting. Okay. So I, I, I just find people like early on, it was Jim Rohn and then Grant Cardone for a little bit, or Brian Tracy was a while for me, you know, like some of the foundational guys, Les Brown, I got some personal coaching from Les Brown for a little bit. Um, these are, these are, th these are people that I loved their delivery method. Mm -hmm. And I said, I want to get some of their, their techniques. And so that's, that's how I got better. Uh, I'm by no means any professional at this. I just feel like, uh, I've done it so long and so many times. Yeah, you've <laughs> I'm gotten prepped. just better. <laughs> I'm prepped. I'm prepped. Like, I don't need a, there's no, I don't, I have a switch. My wife says that everybody will tell you, like, I could be doing one thing over here, but the moment you say talk to these people about X, yeah. I can just turn it on and that's, it's there. And that's because you're so educated in your field. I, I feel like that, like, for me specifically is when, I, when I talk to a group of people, I always leave time for questions and answers. Like at the end, there's always time because that differentiates the person that actually knows what the fuck they're talking about. I agree with that. And by the way, by the way, that what you just said is very, very intentional because what people don't understand is that they want to be famous for something they don't know. Right. Like I want to be the best. I want to talk about X, but they're not even an expert at it. Mm -hmm. So like they take for granted the things they are an expert at. Yeah. And if you were to just talk about the things that you can just randomly talk about whenever what's going on, like even if it was nonsense, like for an example, if like you're the most educated at a stupid news media story, let's say it's a trial uh, about X, Y, Z, you know, I don't even know all the people, you know, I, like whatever there's a trial on right now, right now. And all you do is study that. Like you're watching every news channel, you're reading the articles, you're watching the live courtroom. Dude, if you just got on Instagram after that, went live and just say, let me give you some updates on what's going on in the world. Like you could talk for hours about it and you'd be super famous. Well, the great thing about that <laughs> is that's why I love conferences, man, or conventions, because those people are distilling all that information that they've accumulated literally through their business career. They're, they're distilling it in the tiniest amount of three days. Yep. That's why I find those conventions so impactful for me specifically. You just came back from one, didn't you? Yeah, I went to WealthCon. Uh, Ryan Pineda, he's a good guy. He had this thing called WealthCon. I went to go check it out. So now, to be truthful, I don't go to events to get a lot of, like, to get, how do I put it? I'm more of a studier of technique now. Like, mm -hmm. everything I do is intentional. When I go somewhere, or I'm at a conference, I'm at a mastermind, I'm not there to get from the presenters. I'm there to, like, okay, how is this event put on? you know how do they introduce people how do these speakers present like that's i'm very i'm very studying i'm a, I'm a student in the in the in the process that's what i'm trying to do yeah so like i went there and i was like man i like their badges i like the way they check people in because because i put on events that's probably it but then when their speakers go up there i'm like do you saw that transition i'll sit there with my wife you saw that transition that sucked yeah that guy didn't come out right that music was off the lighting sucks I mean, I'll go hard on this. Yeah. And I'm very, very kind of analytical, but that's my intention when I go. And yeah. if if the speaker says something to me that just hits me, I'm like, that was fucking good. Yeah. You know, like I'm no, like, that I, was I, good. I completely agree because I feel like I, I did a poll on the Coaching Con Facebook group. I was like, who's here to one, learn and get motivation? Two, to fuck around, because there was a lot of people that just go to, to fucking hang out with their yep. friends and go drink and go eat and all yep. that stuff. Or here, here who's here to learn the tactics? 
And then people are like, there obviously no one's there to fuck around. But I saw those motherfuckers fucking yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I think I'm very intentional like yourself. Like, I went specifically for tactics. And I feel like a lot of people, they need the motivation. So there was two different boats of people that were at the convention. It's always 80-20. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it's, it was. It's 80-20. Uh, so you found that in your, in your... Everywhere. Well, it depends on who you're targeting, right? I did an event two mo- uh, about a month ago. It was actually right about a month ago. We did an event... For real estate, well, for people who, who make a lot of money, high net worth people who want to invest in real estate as a strategy for saving taxes, okay? So we had about 35 people at this event. It's a small event, but we didn't try to promote the heck out of it. Um, we just wanted to put something together that I thought was valuable. I'll tell you what, that group was so powerful. 35 people, well, let me tell you, sh- our, our event started at 9 o'clock. They were there at 8 o'clock, right? We, I, uh, I sold tickets to dinner so we can all hang out. They, I mean, I sold out of the dinner. Nice. And uh, at dinner, it wasn't, hey, did you hear about the news? It was like, how many deals are you doing? Let's talk about your deals. Tell straight, us how you secure business. it. Like, and it was intentional. And I went around the table. We had a kid. He's like, I don't know if he's 18 or 19. I don't know how he heard about this. I don't even know how he got the money for a ticket, but he got a ticket. <laughs> and he came to this event. He even bought dinner, which was 600 bucks. Ah. Okay, so he comes to dinner with us. He sits next to me intentionally, and he's like, man, dude, I want to learn from you. I just want to learn. And so he, I, he's like, but I don't have any money. How do I get in a deal with you? I said, why don't you get up and do a presentation for this group and see if somebody will get, give you some money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, you think that'll work? I said, it's worth a shot. Yeah. So I put him up there, man. That guy pitched at everybody, like how somebody. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is the kind of group. This is what we need more of. And that, I think, gets diminished the bigger the events get. Right. It, you know, the, the, the law of diminishing intent here, it, it happens. Well, so. also, at the, at the same token, like that, that like these com- conventions, they're, uh, they're big lead funnels for these companies. Because I've noticed, like, yeah, they're getting a shitload. This time, there was 700 people. <laughs> and a vast majority, or uh, I should say a, a small amount, are going to actually go through their funnel. And their, their funnel is to sell a $35,000 program. That's it. But the way, <laughs> but the way they did it is, they have to get everybody motivated. They bring them through the emotional roller coaster, feeding them so much motivation, so and then at the end of the day, they pitched. They pitch. And how many people took action? Dude, it's crazy how when they, when Jason Phillips said that over here, our people are going to sign you up. Yep. It costs thirty five thousand dollars. I went to the restroom and I was like. I talked to my neighbor that was sitting next to me. He's like, did you see the line of people that were there to take advantage of that it, thing? If, if it's good, if he's good, he closed 30%. You know, if he's good, yeah, 20% if he's okay. 10% if he sucked, he's still closed. Yeah, he's closed something there, man. And the tickets yeah. weren't cheap, so he's making money all the damn time with yeah. everybody that walked in, sales. You know, but, but the events, you know, to be truthful, the events, even though they are lead funnels, yes, they are. I agree with that. It takes a lot of balls to put on an event, bro. Mm-hmm. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of balls. I'm being seen, and that's not because I do them. I mean, I'm serious. We did one last year. We're doing one in about a month. I put up a quarter million, if not more, yeah. every time. And I put it before I make a dollar. Yeah, that's you know, the I'm, crazy part. Yeah, I'm spending two thousand a day on ads. I'm spending, you know, for the venue, one hundred and fifty thousand. I'm spending for speakers, photographers are thirty grand. Our AV was a hundred. Damn. I mean, we spent a ton of money, and so yeah, we're gonna on the back end though. I'll make a million. Yeah, you'll make it up. I'll make a million on the back end. Yeah, it's, it's the same uh, <laughs> The same thing that we're doing with South Texas Comic Con right now. They had 21,000 attendees last year. Oh, my God. So I'm marketing for them again, and the advertising, and they, they, it's all out of pocket. Like, they have to put that, they have to They have to pay 50 grand for the guys that are coming each. Yep. So it's like, I don't think people really understand that these events, 
are a headache for the for the business they're owners. Stressful. Putting, yeah, they're absolutely stressful. Well, they're stressful if that's the only thing you do. Yeah. To be truthful. Um, if, if events are all you're going to do, it's a very stressful business. But if you actually have a real business and an event is a lead funnel to it, then that's not that much. I mean, quarter million is I'd rather give that to direct marketing that gives me a return than to throw it at something I'll never see a money back. You know, I just don't can't predict. Yeah, I'm, unpredictable. Yeah, it's, it's unpredictable. The, some of the tactics they were talking about is to predict what's coming, your lead funnels. Uh, maybe you can jump into that. Uh, kind of talk about what you're doing right now as far as marketing and advertising and what's working. Well, I, I do only organic. I don't, I try to do, well, for ticket sales, obviously we got to do paid. That's a different business. Um, uh, so just to be clear with the audience, I have two different types of customer. I have a B2C customer and I have a B2B customer. And the reason that is, let's just say this, I was first doing tax planning and tax planning is great at its face. It's a lot of fun. I get to help some really cool people. However, I can only take on so many clients and so can my team. Like we, we got a cap, right? And so I was just so happened to be a very big, big kind of, I have a big, I can't say a name. Let's just say I have been doing really big things in the tax industry for years. So I know a lot of people in this industry, a ton. And so when I decided to do this tax planning as, I, as like my own niche, people came to me and said, David, I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. And these were CPAs, EAs, other people in the tax industry. So then I said, let me help you. So I started coaching them. So that was like the B2B world. And so today I coach business owners who are tax professionals to be, do the things we do. And I help clients who need help, right? So I have two different segments of the audience. For my B2C, which is consumer, I just do organic lead gen. I just put out content every day. Content every day. Yeah, that's that's the hardest part for people to understand. Is like if you just post more, your numbers go up. It's and it becomes the volume. Right now on social media, it's all about volume. It can be. I, I can't say that it that's a hundred percent true. Not because I don't believe it. I think it's good content is the key. You yeah. put one good piece of content. Every day, you're going to win versus a guy who puts five shitty pieces of content. True. Okay. You'll win. Yeah, yeah. You'll win. It's the, it's, it is the quality of the content. The Does it make of sense? The content, yeah. If it doesn't make sense, then it'll never work. And so I know this because I've tested it. You know, we've done one piece, two piece, three piece, five piece a day mm -hmm. and seen no difference. Hmm. Seen no difference in the lead gen, in lead quality. Yeah, lead, lead quality. Okay. So it's just about quality of content. The quality. So what, what are these subjects that people should be focusing on? Is it the who, what, when, where, answering these questions? Kind of touch on that. What do you mean? For somebody to create content? Like the actually valuable content. How does somebody create valuable content? Well, you find out what your audience is, is going through. What pain points do they have? So give me an example. Um, my audience right now doesn't want to pay taxes. In fact, today's the deadline to file your tax return. It's, we're, we're recording this April 18th, the, fi the deadline, right, for personal returns. Um, for the sake of this, by the way, this tells you, just to be clear for your audience, this tells you that I know what I'm doing because I'm here doing this, not doing taxes, just to be clear. <laughs> um, however, my audience right now doesn't want to pay a tax, tax bill, okay? So all I have to do is speak to them in their language. Are you tired of paying taxes? Are you, are you out, have you outgrown your CPA who has told you that it's your right, you have to pay taxes? Uh, do you want to invest in real estate? Is that something you can think? So I create content because that's what they come to me and say. They come and say, David, I'm tired of paying taxes. David, I'm, my CPA doesn't help me. David, uh, I really want to invest in real estate. I know it's something I should be doing, but I don't know how. David, you know, they tell me their pain, and then I just create content to solve the pain point. Interesting. That's it. I yeah. mean, it's so simple. Like, people get so hung up over creating content when the answer is whatever they ask, you just give. You give. 
Yeah. But if you don't know your audience, well, shit, it's not going to work. Yeah, like, no. con- you know, I used to create random content. Be truthful. It was like teamwork and how to make sales and how to stay positive and how to set a freaking goal. Nobody gives a shit about any of that. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm not the expert in it to begin with. And secondly, why would people follow me? Like, why do they care that David knows how to set a goal? Right. Yeah. Why do they care that David has to build it? Now, if I built a team of 10,000 people, right, that follow me from a business standpoint, I got 10,000 agents or 10,000, you know, realtors. Okay. Maybe David's got something to say about building a team and maybe I should talk to them. People will pay attention. But if I've never done that. Yeah. You need the irrefutable proof. Yes. And so I can tell you, I've saved literally millions. Uh, We're going to hit a billion hopefully this year in tax dollars saved. You know, we are pushing the limits when it comes to tax strategy. I'm the best in the freaking world at this. There's I no doubt it. about it. I love it. that, man. Awesome. There's no doubt about that. So if you come to me and you say, David, how do I make content? I'd say, what are you the best in the world at? And who are you solving it for? Like, who, who's got a problem you're solving? And if you can't articulate that, like, I solve everybody's problem. No, you don't. Right. No, you don't. You solve one customer's problem. And if you can't figure that out, you're never going to win in business. Ever. You have to know your customer. That's great insight right there, man. I love that because it's, it's very hard for people to really understand. Like when somebody says that, like they just take it for a grain of salt and they're like, all right, whatever. So I want to talk about how your network is your net worth. Oh, man, I love that. So talk about that because this is a common theme. Uh, for me specifically, I hate to go out to networking events. I do all my networking online <laughs> and I'm known and only, I've only grown so much. Yep. I know the next part is actually networking in person. So can you kind of touch on that? Well, well, I think that uh, intentional networking is important. And I say intentional because I think when people hear networking, they're like, well, I should join the Chamber of Commerce and I should go to this little like group or association. The 90%, and I'm not going to say 80-20 in this case, I'm going to say 90% of the people who show up to those events have no intention of actually conducting business. Most of them are paid to be there. Most of them because they're, they're business sponsors it or something. Like, so I don't, I don't go to networking events locally anymore because 90% of the people that are there are not there intentionally to do business with me. Hmm. They're there to get drunk and have fun and network. Even the conferences suck, to be truthful. Um, I feel, pers- this is a personal opinion and everybody can take it at the great, the way, however they want. I am more focused on connecting with one person than 50 people. Yeah. Like the secret to the many is the one. That one person that can change my 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 business is who I want. You know, I don't go and shoot, you know, oh, I want to talk to 30 people. I'm like, okay, out of these 30 people, is if, I do this at every event, just to be clear. Even if I go to an event, I'm looking in the room, and I'm scouting, and I'm that guy. But I usually already know who I want to go for. Like, I know. Like, I went to Ryan Panetta's event. I didn't go there to talk to anybody. I knew half of them probably not. I knew 90% I couldn't do business with. Hmm. I knew I couldn't because they, could, they, they don't have the funds to do business with me, unfortunately. Yeah. Maybe one day that'll be cool, but now they don't. So I said, I just want to go shake Ryan's hand because I know we're going to be doing an interview. I want to shake his hand. I want to see his events. I want to shake Lewis House's hand. I just want to network with a few people. That's, and that's it. it. Yeah. I was there for that. Every time I go to an event, anytime I'm networking, even if it's local, if there's a senator and I think I like them or I want them to know me, Hey, how you doing? My name is David Pettis. I just want to let you know uh, you got my vote. Thanks, man. Nice meeting you. Yeah. Or, or a connection. That's, That's it. it. Yeah. I'm not there to, hey, let's get drunk. I used to be that guy, by the way. I yeah. used to own a bar. I used to do a lot of crazy shit. I'm very intentional because I only have so much time in a day. 
So well, you're absolutely right because uh, I think uh, a lot of people sit on their couch hoping that the world is going to come to them, all these riches and stuff, but. It literally does not work like that. You literally have to go out and work your fucking ass off. I think kind so. of touch that because I, I feel, and I don't know if I'm wrong, but there's a lot of people that employees right now that don't want to work. They're tired of working. They have a huge attitude problem from what I've seen yep. and from what I've heard. Can you kind of touch on that? Well, I think that, I don't think that it, people, I think, I don't think it, inherently people have gotten worse per se. I think leadership at its core has gotten worse. I think there's a lot of poor leaders out there which set poor examples, which cause poor performance. So is that a reason why so many businesses are closing? Correct. Because of the poor leadership. Poor leadership. I think there's this mentality that, that business owners and managers take that they, they're above the world. You know, you have to earn that right. And very few people earn it. Yeah. Very few, very, very few people. Like I am, if you ask my team for an example, I have a big team. We have about 60 employees. Right. I, if you ask my team who works hard in this company, if they go ask them, does David work hard? They're going to be like, yeah, that guy, that guy gets here before me. He stays after me. He works the weekends. He grinds. Yeah. And then if they ask, why, why does David work so hard? It's, it's not for me. It's for them. It's not for me. It's for them. Why? Because I bust my ass so this company can keep growing. And because I do that, they have a job. They get opportunities. They get more money. See, I, I set the standard we, we, our job is to help everybody build their own economy. And if I build my freaking economy big enough, they get to go with me. So when I say leadership, I think that there's more and more times than not, leaders today choose to be a passive participant in their business. They're, they act as if they were investors. And they're not investors. Because if they were investors, they would get a return without doing anything. <laughs> yeah. But they act like investors. I don't have to do anything. I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to do this. Let's go hang out on the golf course. That's only when you earn that shit. Yeah. You got to earn it. And even I, I probably have earned it, to be truthful. But I'm not stopping yeah. because cause there's another level for me. There's another level for me. When we hit that 100 million mark, I probably won't stop. But at least I hit it because that's the goal. Yeah. 100 million by 2025. I feel like a lot of people... They feel like it's a some idea of making goals for one is the stupidest thing in the world. It's like that's the only thing that has ever served me because now you know exactly where you're going. You just need to figure out how to get there. So kind of touch on that, um, how people can achieve their goals after they have already set it. Like how does that work in your mind? Well, you got to have something specific. I think that goals are very vague. Oh, I have a goal that blank, blank, blank. Well, how are you going to get there? You know, for an example, people have income goals very seldom. I mean, very, very often. I want to make a million dollars. Okay, well, that's cool. And by the way, I believe everybody can be a millionaire. So anybody who tells me, David, well, I don't know. That's just a lot of money. Why would I do? Everybody should be a millionaire. Even a million dollars ain't shit anymore. But you should do it, right? But let's say you should do a million. Well, how are you going to get there? That's the problem. You set a goal that you have no plan to get there. It's like... um. You know, it's you want to get across the ocean in five days from from East Coast to, you know, the next continent, whatever. Pick a continent, right? Whatever continent you want to go to Africa or whatever, right? How many days are going to take you? Well, I want to get there in a week. Well, don't get in a canoe, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And most people are in a freaking canoe. Yeah. And they're like, I want to get there. Well, well, you can, but you're in a canoe, right? You're going to row so long and so hard against every tide, against every wind, against every storm. And to be honest, you'll probably never freaking get there. 
So goals not only necessarily need to be specific, but they have to be tied to action steps that can get you there. And if it can't get you there, then either you need to change the goal, right? Or change the actions. Mm -hmm. And most people won't do that. You know, it's like, I want to lose 150 pounds. Like, well, that's a lot of weight. How are you going to do it? I'm just going to lose it. <laughs> you know, yeah. what's, the, what's the vehicle? What are you going to do? How many, what's the action steps, right? Well, I'm going to start eating less. I'm going to work out. How many times? What's the frequency? So, and seldom do people get that far. Yeah. It's just a wish if you have no action items dead to it. And I think, just to be truthful, I think the biggest challenge, and I'm learning this every freaking day, the reason that hardworking people don't become or have what they want is because they picked the wrong vehicle. They got in the canoe. Hmm. They just got in the freaking canoe. I will even go further than that and say that that people lack focus. Well, yeah. The reason is because if you were to actually pay attention to what you can focus on, you can only focus on something for a finite amount of time until you get that. distracted and then you don't come back to it. I also feel like a lot of people make too many goals and they have all these 10 different goals that they want to achieve without ever achieving just one. If they were to achieve one, they're more likely to get the second one, third one, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think what you're saying is exactly right. So this goes back to focus, right? Um, focus is very key to me now. I, did, I wasn't this guy. So if you had talked to me five years ago, we had a very, uh, well, here we had this, let me tell you the businesses. We had a retail tax business. We had a bookkeeping business. We had a insurance business. Um, I had a mortgage company. We had a, um, well, real estate, because we've been real estate investors. Um, anything else I'm missing here? We had started credit repair. There's all these things. Anyways, we had all these things. And let, guess what? None of them were successful. Why were none of them successful? Because I, I kind of use an analogy. If you've ever seen those the, the, the stage performers, they get these sticks and they get a plate. And they spin the plate on all these sticks and they try to keep them from falling down. Yeah, That's what most business owners and most people are doing today. They're trying to attack every plate as often as they can in order to keep them from falling. And eventually they're all going to crash because you got to keep moving. And eventually you're going to get tired. And when you get tired, they all fall. So it'd be easier to stand in one place and spin one plate forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And the only way that's going to happen is if you pick the vehicle, as Homozi would say, right, which is the, the one thing to focus on. Yeah. And if you did that, that's what I did, by the way. About two and a half years ago, I said, I'm, I'm going 100% tax planning. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to talk about anything else. I'm not. Oh, and, and I got into real estate because it's it's kind of ties to it. But that's it. That's all I'm going to do. And I'm not going to talk about anything else. I'm not going to talk about anything. And guess what? That's all I do every day. It's so easy to get my camera out. It's so easy to talk to people. It's so easy to focus and get out of bed knowing what you got to do every single day. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. One of the other life hacks that I had was starting to wake up really early. I started waking up at 530. And it was the greatest thing in the world because nobody's awake. Nobody's, you're not getting emails, you're not getting calls, you're not bothered, you have un, un, uninterrupted yeah. time to yourself to figure out what you need to do for the day, yep. get as much done as you possibly can, Amen. and then attack the world. <laughs> Amen. Because no doubt the world is going to come after you after 8 o'clock comes around. That's, that's right, man. You got to get up really early. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't think a lot of people like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, waking up early is a habit you got to form. I wake up at 3.57 every morning. Damn. <laughs> a number every morning, every morning, rain or shine, Monday through Friday. Saturday, I get up at 5.57. I sleep in a little bit. Sunday, I sleep into whatever time I feel like getting up. It's usually 8 or 9. 
Um, but I wake, I do this every day, every day, even when I travel, no matter where I go, I do it. Why? I, I mean, to be truthful, I just tell myself I'm stronger than my emotions. My mind is stronger than my emotions. And if I continue, and that, by the way, in itself, is such a confidence builder. Like that in itself gives me the confidence to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It gives me like, man, if I can make myself do this, nobody can make me do shit. Yeah. I mean, the world is my, uh, you know, it's mine. I make it. Yeah. And like that stuff really gets me going, like really does. If I don't get a workout in the morning, I feel like crap. Yeah, that's that's one of the same things that happened with me is when I turned 40, I was getting overweight and my health was declining. I've seen a transformation here. Yeah, right? it, I lost 65 pounds Shit. and I've been lifting weights for about a year and three months. And I found that Killer. that specifically has helped me get discipline, which I have never had in my life. And it helped me fix my eating problems that I always had. I always had eating problems because I was an emotional eater. <laughs> so I was like, we're all emotional man. eaters. We're man. all emotional. Well, now I can control that. And that discipline that I've learned from that has allowed me to bring that into the business and really know that it's going to suck. It's going to be hard, but you still have to do it. Like period. You, there is no other way than focusing on what you need to do get to your results and at the end of the day you're gonna hit them if you're always working towards it yeah it's baby steps man uh base hits not home runs yeah you, you swing for the fences every time you're never gonna win the game yeah you gotta get a bunch of base hits man it's that consistency That's right. i, I want to go to talk about how back to personal branding is there's only three ways to build a personal brand that's through education information or entertainment or a mix of any of the three edutainment <laughs> so can you kind of touch on that for people that are afraid to come out in front of the camera? Well, I can't, I can't help people who are afraid of the camera. I could just say, if you don't do it, no, you'll never do it. Right. And you know, here, here's a better statement. Okay. If you have ambitions to be famous, you got to get ready to get in front of a camera. If you don't, that's okay. You don't have to be. I, I actually just challenged my staff just this morning. I, I went into a meeting. We get on the call. We do, we, all our stuff is pretty virtual. So I get on a call and I'm like, Hey, all right, here's the deal. We have an event coming up. I'm like, we got to get this, 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 this. I'm, I'm giving them direction. Then I have my team. They take over. They go on it. And I get to the end of the call and I say, wait a minute. All right, here's the deal. I need more ads here. We need to run better ads. I said, and my, my media buyer, he's like, we need better content. Well, not better. He goes, we need more content. So I said, okay, here's the deal. Everybody who's on this call, I'm going to challenge you to record a video. I want you to record a video and I want you to answer, and I gave him a list of four questions. I said, answer one of these questions in a minute or less. Don't worry if you mess it up, we'll cut it. We have a team, right? We'll cut it. So I told him this, right? That's what I said. And I said, look, I'm gonna send it to everybody. This is instruction. So I had my, my assistant type it up, send it out to everybody. I said, 70% of this audience and this call, there was like, I don't know, 12 or 13, 70% of you must participate in this. And if you do it at 70%, Everybody who is in here is going to get a draw in on drawing to win money. And I said, 250 bucks just for just submitting a video. Good or not, just do it. Everybody, and I'll, I'll submit and I'll draw. But the video I love the most, I'm going to pay 500 bucks to. The video I love the most. Now, all my staff on there was like, oh, my God, I don't want to record a video. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I said, hey, man, I understand that. And by the way, the reason I'm making this point, my team doesn't record content. They don't need to. And that's okay. Let me do it. Right. Yeah. Let me be it. That's fine. And I tell them all the time. So you as a viewer, if you're watching this and you're like, well, I don't want to do all that shit. Well, don't find somebody who will and go on their team. 
I tell my team all the all the time, I'm like PT freaking Barnum. You know, <laughs> you let me get on the road and do the show. Yeah. And you guys just get the work done. You fulfill. That's it. That that's it, man. If you get me on the road, I mean, you put me on a stage, and and we're gonna make some money. Dude. Yeah. I mean, that's all I tell them. Put me on the stage, <laughs> and we're gonna make some money. I got no doubt about that. So um, coming into a recession. Yep, let's is, do it. It's probably one of the the scariest things that people are going to transition to because uh, ten to twelve million businesses in the United States have closed down. Yep, one percent of those will end up selling to uh, somebody else. I would like to buy one. <laughs> so what what are what are some tips that people can do to stay afloat? Because it's not it's it's going to happen. It's it's a matter of time until it happens. What can people mitigate their their losses? How can they help? Well, there, there's so many different types of businesses out there, right? There's there's service based, there's product based. I mean, those are the two types, right? Divisions, product, service, depends, right? It just depends on what you're doing. I would just say that there is no better time right now than to become a personal brand. I would say that not not because of this conversation. I just here here's a statement. If if this can't help anybody, then I'm sorry because then I can't help you. But here's what I told my myself all the time, and I tell this to my team all the time. It's look. I'm building something big, not for me, but for everyone on board. And I don't need to be the tax guy the rest of my life. I need to be David A. Ferris. Mm -hmm. I need to be building your own economy. Okay, that's what I want to be. I want to build a brand for me, not for this company. And what will happen because I'm part of this company, we will grow. And I say it this way. I, I always tell everybody on my team, and I've told them since the day I hire them, no matter where I go, you will have a place with me. No matter where I go. Why? Because if David A. Fettis opens any company moving forward, my name will carry the company. The weight. Yeah. It will send, and, and I'm a brand. Yeah. And so people get so confused and say, well, you know, I mean, you can create a brand. This, this death, you know, liquid death obviously has a brand. This is a product, though. When you're doing services, it's got to be you. This is a good story. You told me about it. Yeah. So, so what I'm getting at is, you know, I'm learning more about stories. We, I did the story brand book about a year and a half ago. I really liked the book. I thought it was great. We just hired a, a story. I don't even know what the hell we call him. Anyways, he's coming in. He's going to re redesign our whole building your own economy theme. We're going to have a full out rebrand and refresh. And it's going to be cool. But it's all about a story. Yeah, It's a story behind the people. And most people don't share their story, so they can't become a brand. That, actually, that's a good tip. Tip number one, if you want to be a brand, share your story. Everybody came to the point that there are today because of a journey. You share the journey, automatically you've decided that you're going to be a brand. Yeah. That's why I wrote a book. That's why I push everything on people. So to be prepared for a recession, I would say become a personal brand if you're not. Don't delegate social media to your kid or your grandkid because that's cool and they know more about social media than you do. That's bullshit. Hire a real company or learn to do it yourself. And, um, you know, I would say it's not about money, but I would say learn or pick. I would make sure that you're in the right vehicle before I did any of that. That's probably a better statement. Yeah. Most people don't understand that they just can't be successful in what they're doing. You know, a tire shop today selling tires, right? If that's all they can do, that's all they can do. But if you're in the tire shop and you're on Facebook Live every day trying to promote it and you think you're going to grow it to a billion dollars, I'm here to tell you a tire shop won't do that. 
I mean, unless it's got the best tires that I've never heard about in my life and they don't go flat ever and like, and they last a million years, okay, we might have a problem. But for the most part, if you are a talented, skilled, educated, and branded individual, make sure you're using the right product. Because if yeah. you're not, you're gonna you're just going to waste your time. And that's one of the things I love about personal branding is you get to take your name everywhere you go. And yeah. you have a certain certain thing that's attached to you every time you introduce yourself people kind of already know what you're going to talk about what you're about it's it saves so much time in networking phase and that's what i really love about podcasting because people get to see how you act your mannerisms how you speak <laughs> if you're smart enough to do business i mean you have to be competent in what you're doing as well that's right and that's one of the things i love about podcasting because it's such long-form content it allows you to get a good idea of the person that you're about to do business with <laughs> i love that part yeah, yeah, I think it goes back to authenticity, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Being authentic, uh, truthful. I absolutely. mean, I, I tell people all the time, if I don't know something, I'll tell you. If I don't know what I'm doing, I'll tell you. If 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 I do know it, I'm going to tell you, though. And I'm going to be pretty pretty adamant about it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are the, uh, would you say, are the top three skills that somebody needs to become successful? Oh, this is super easy for me. Super easy. Sales, marketing, communication. So dive into it a little <laughs> bit more in each one. Um, sales, number one. Well, let, let's start communication because that's where it's foundational. Communication is your ability, your ability to effectively communicate in one-on-one -on -one settings, group settings, or large audiences. If you don't have those three skill sets, trust me, it's going to be a very difficult life for you to move ahead, to get very far, and to build an audience. It's just really hard, okay? So I learned that early on. I learned that I love communicating with people and I'm good at it. It was just, I'm be honest with you, I was just blessed with that skill. I didn't go to school. I mean, I do have some communication background from, from college, but trust me, college doesn't teach you that shit. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I learned to be a great communicator through sheer necessity. Number two, the ability to market. That is so key. And marketing, people think, well, I'm just going to put a banner outside. No, that's branding. That's advertising. That's not marketing. Marketing is your ability to tell a story that persuades people, that gets them to think about you, to get them to be known, to be you to be known. That's by definition, right? Brand and marketing is to get known. And I think that is a hard skill to master. I think it's hard, but not as hard as the third one, which is sales. But I would tell you that if I had to pick which one's the easiest to get out of the three, it's sales. Sales. Because sales is not necessarily the tactic of persuading somebody by trickery to make a decision. It's truly having an authentic belief in a conviction and an outcome that would persuade you to say enough information to make somebody take action, right? So it's like, if I believed in this water so much, I wouldn't have to sell it to you because I'd be like, dude, if you don't drink this water, you're stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like this water is delicious. It's, it's hydrating. It changed my life. It made me feel better. It makes me better because I drink this water. And you're like, I got to get some of that water. See, my conviction is so freaking strong that you're going to buy it. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what is it about the people's perception of sales that, that like, for, for most people, they already know that they're being sold to. So there's an automatic switch that just turns off. How do you work against that? Like, if you're talking to somebody that already is like, no, no, I don't want any of this. How do you help them along the way? This is, is going to be interesting because I, I want to say this because I'm going to say this with all due respect. The way that you get good at sales is you become the authority. And I mean this in a, in a very respectful way. The authority to me means that I'm always the buyer, never the seller. So what that means to me is even though you may come to me, right? 
even though I mean, even though I may approach you to sell you something, I'm still buying you. I'm not selling you. Okay. Meaning I am making a decision to do business with you. You're not making it with me. Right. And because I have that advantage in every conversation, I always make a sale. Hmm. And it's not because I'm so I'm arrogant. It's like, I know I have something you need, bro. Well, you've set the expectations because you can help out the person more than they can help out themselves. Yeah, or that they can do it on their own or whatever they can do, right? I, I just make it so that in every transaction today, I am the buyer. That's it. And, and don't get me wrong. That's, that's not a skill set you can just teach. But the reason that I can do that now is because I've become so valuable to the marketplace, to myself, and I have high standards for me that I'm not concerned if somebody tells me no. Yeah. I'm not because I'm only going to talk to the right person. So I tell people if I'm actually pitching you, it's because I know I can help you. So you could have only achieved that through the branding and all this experience that you have built up over years. Correct. I couldn't have just done this. Now, can I when I started sales, just to be clear, I sucked. And the reason I sucked is cuz I was doing so many things that it was very hard to have conviction and confidence in those things. It's so like when I got a new insurance, it was like, "Oh, let's sell uh, life insurance and let's sell health insurance and let's sell Medicare and then let's 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 go over here and do these IULs and then oh you know what we should try annuities and it's a long-term care and then and then you know what let's get our financial and so then when somebody comes to me and they ask me can you help me I'm like sure I can solve all these problems which one do you need to solve right and they're like that one and I'm like shit I don't know a lot about this but let me start talking and now I'm bullshitting my way through this right and now it's not authentic now it's not genuine and I don't have a strong conviction but today you asked me about one thing, tax planning, right? You tell me, David, this is my business. This is my problem. This is where I'm going on. This is where I'm at. Got it. Okay. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I know it like with all my might. So when I'm done with you on this call, I tell people all the time, when we're done, we're going to make a decision together. We're either going to move forward or we're not. And if we don't, I have no problem with that. Yeah. I'm not the right, I always tell people, I'm not the right fit for everybody. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And that's one of the things I've been learning is, uh, I, I'm, I, I know the thing that I know the best, like I know marketing and advertising. So I started to guarantee it and yeah. the comfort that, that people's, the business owners faces see, cause I'll, I'll give their money back. If it does not work, take your money back. It's fine. I know that there are people that actually need help and my products work. I know that I can get the results that I say I can get. Cause I've been doing it for so damn long. I'm only focused on that one thing now. And I think before is I always had that shiny object syndrome. It's like, I want to go after that. I want to go after that. Same, same exact thing with you. It's like, I focused on one thing. I just got really good at it. And that's all I do. You're that's smart. It. That's You're it. Smart. But it takes, it takes so long for people to understand that. I think it does because we all want to chase things that we don't know nothing about. If you just chase things you really know about, it's easy. It's like... Um, it's, you know, I see so much, one of my, one of my gifts, I know that I was born, born with some gifts. I call them my birthday gift at, at birth. I was born with some gifts and, and some of my gifts are my intuition when it comes to people. I have a very good intuition with people. I know by just by looking and not looking, hearing you speak once, I can tell you if you're authentic. Okay. I can tell, I can tell if you have an ulterior motive. I can tell you if you have the, so I also have the ability to dissect like your skill sets pretty easy. So if you tell me a few things about you, I watch you work for just maybe five minutes. I already know what you're really good at, what we should focus you on, and, and so and so forth. So when I meet people and they tell me what they've done in their past, they tell me what they're doing today, I'm like, okay, look, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> I just have a knack for it. Like, I'm just good at it. I'm like, this is what you should focus on. This is what you stop focusing on. This is where you could put all your energy. 
if people just got really narrow with their energy, I promise, like, life would be so much change. I mean, like, I, I give you an example really quick, because my brother, I love him to death. I hope he watches this shit so he can hear me say it again. Um, you know, he's so talented. He's been in, in, the, in the juvenile justice system for, like, 30 years. He just got out of it. He retired. He, he's still young. He's in his 50s, early 50s, young guy. And I'm like, dude... We need to get you a book because you need to write a book about the system. And I go, he's like, what do I write a book on? I'm like, tell me some of the craziest stories you've ever heard in, or that you've been through. He started telling me, see, that's good. Tell me some lines you've changed. Oh, man, boom, that's great. We got a book, bro. Okay, so I was like, <laughs> we got to write a book. And then he's like, what am I going to do with the book? Every school across this country, every juvenile system needs a guy like you to come in and help them get better at what they do. He's like, how can I help them better? You ran the facility, dude. Like, yeah. you know administrative you know the little the nuances. You know everything. And he's yeah. just like, you think that? I'm like, dude, I can make you a million dollars in a year. <laughs> and then you know what he says? He's like, well, let me think about it. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I hope well, he, by the way, I hope he watches this because I even said, I'll pay for the book. I got I, I got this. Don't worry. It's like 10 grand. I got it. Right. I was like, I will pay for the book. I'll pay for the tour. We'll hire a VA team. I'll create your site. I was willing to put 20 or 30 grand in him. And he's like, I'll think about it. What what is it? Okay, so let's talk about that. What is it specifically about people's mentalities that they won't jump at those opportunities? They're scared, dude. Scared. They're scared of being successful. They're scared to make a million dollars. They're scared to be successful. So dive into that because that that fascinates the fuck out of me because people talk about the things that they want so much and they're so they're so like gung-ho about I'm going to do this. I want to do this. They never fucking start. Well, they're, they're no, those aren't the people that are scared. It's the people that see that there is a potential to get scared. Okay. It's not the people that say they want to be big. Those people aren't scared. Of so success. you're saying the biggest ambitions are the ones that scaring them away. Yeah. I think people who, who don't see the, the future for themselves are typically the ones that are scared of success. So like my brother can't see it. Like literally I can help him make a million dollars in the next 12 months. I know it. Like I would bet money on it because I'm going to push it. And I'm not going to say it's my brand. I'm going to push him. Yeah. But he's got to want it more than me. Yeah. So I can't want it more than him. So that was a problem. But I mean, he's scared of being successful. I don't understand. He's like, maybe I'll go get another job. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm well, like, it, you it's want a job? It's interesting that you talk about that because uh, last year, Jesse James West sent out a video on YouTube that got like 5 million hits about McAllen being the most obese city in the nation. It is. And then five days ago, there was another guy that did another video that's already have 1.2 million views that he visited McAllen and, and he said that it's everywhere. the fat people everywhere. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a campaign. I started this in, in maybe November last year, which, which is 100,000strong.org to help 100,000 people across the valley. And I had just come off this fitness journey. It's like, yeah, this is the best thing in the world. It's changed my life. And I was preachy, preachy, preachy. Nobody likes to be preached to. No, they don't. It's nobody. Okay. And I finally came to the realization, like, nobody's going to do it unless they are willing to do it for themselves. You can't push people. Nope. No, they have to have an inner desire, and they have to be willing to sacrifice. Most people won't. you got to change their life. They, they, nobody wants to change their life. Even when they are in faced, faced with an adversity like illness, they won't change their life. Like, Don't me, you find that the most interesting thing? I, I think it's just natural. I think, I, think, I think people wanting to stay the same is just a natural, a natural thing. Like, they just want to be the same. I mean, I find the same. I mean... I see it just in general, like, I love the same things. I'm a very plain person. Like, I love the same foods. I love the same places. I love the same things. 
So I could see if, if somebody's been living their life a certain way for so many years, they don't want to change it. So what, what are some tactics that somebody can like throw a wrench in that and say, all right, let me switch this? Because you said yourself that it doesn't even matter if illness comes. I think, I think a big revelation needs to happen. And I think the revelation is something must happen. Now, that doesn't mean that people will change. It just that's what has to happen, a revelation. And a, and a revelation followed by an epiphany, an aha moment. Most people will never have their aha moment. Most Man, people won't. That's uh, so sad because I see so many people with so much potential. It's just it's wasted. You know, potential. You know, I believe that life is the pursuit. Success, rather, is the pursuit of your potential. I believe that. And most people aren't pursuing their potential. They're 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 pursuing comfort, and that's okay. Um, to be truthful, for those people who are pursuing comfort, dude. Everybody's got a place in this world. I hate to say it from from every job in this world. There's a place for you. The thing with that is you can't just say that online because the people get offended. That's okay. They need to know this. Like the point is, if it hurts your feelings, it's because it's true. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like, it's just because it's true. I'm not calling anybody out. I didn't say a name except my brother. Uh, (laughs) But but you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I see so much potential in people. But I can't make them take action, right? I see potential in everyone. In my, and, but the, the point being here is probably me to say this, is I see more potential in me than anyone. Yeah. So I'm harder on myself than anybody will ever be. I, I mean, I look in the mirror every morning and I say, you're, 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 you're lazy, you're fat, you're stupid, you messed up, what's wrong with you? Get your shit together. I really do say that, dude. Every morning, I'm like, man, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, I can't believe you just... Get, get your ass to the gym. Do something with your life, man. Yeah, I really I say think, that uh, shit. Well, I think I, I'm at the same <laughs> place, too, because I, I there's nobody that will treat me worse than myself because I found it that it's it's that motivating factor for me. It's like, okay, you're a piece of shit. Go and do what you're going to say. Have some integrity and follow through with what you're going to tell. Whatever you say you can do, do it. That, because that that is your reputation. That, that's exactly right. And by the way, that that's exactly why I think authenticity is important because I do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. There isn't something that you will hear me say I'm going to do that I won't do. I'll do it. Now, if I won't do it, I won't even talk about it. Yeah. Like, I won't because it's not in me. I, I, have, I have this big desire to be in alignment in everything in my life. And I don't mean that because it's like a strategic thing. It's just like my, my heart, my mind, and my words must align. And if they don't, we ha- I have disalignment and I have disease, and disease will kill me. Yeah. It will kill me. And that's what kills brands. That's what kills people. It kills brands and people. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. It's uh it's it's interesting to find because there's not very many people who talk about that openly, for one. And there's not that many people that gather together and talk about those things. And one of the things that I always talk about is people simply don't have conversations anymore. People don't take the time to think. Is that true? From what you've seen? I think so. I even think that I don't have enough conversations, man. I, I truly believe that the need for connection is more needed than ever before. I feel like I don't have enough connections with my family, with my team, with my, my audience, with my, my, my clients. I think, I think my, my challenge personally, and this is very kind of very transparent, is I feel like I speak at people more than I speak with anymore. And it's not necessarily because I'm intentionally doing that. I think... In a world that demands you to be done with something like yesterday, I don't have time. And that's one of my my big things right now. My life right now, I'm in a transition phase in my my agenda, my life. 
Um, I just started this about a week ago. I just made some big decisions and I said, I'm backing away from, from things that I don't want to do anymore, that I'm not the best at. I've got to start putting my focus. I've got to build a bigger team around me. <laughs> and, and that's all intentionally so that I can connect with people more. Yeah. Free up your time. Yeah. My time is, my time is valuable. You know, we did a, there, there's a formula. If you guys do this, it's your net income divided by 2000. Um, that's typically the formula I'll use. So your net income divided by 2000, and that'll give you an hourly rate. If you use that hourly rate and anytime you're going to do anything now, just make sure that it's worth that dollar. And if it's something that can be done for less than that dollar, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. Well, one of the <laughs> things I, I find most intriguing is because obviously social media is a world where everybody has an opinion, whether it's good or not, that <laughs> doesn't matter. Words. But when I put out stuff about working hard, a lot of people are like, well, you should enjoy your time. You should be doing this. <laughs> and, you know, the, the thing is, <laughs> I enjoy what I do. I like, I can, I can work all day long. When I get home, I can work on my phone and it's not bothering my family, but I, I, I like that I'm keeping myself busy. Is, is there is there something along the lines that you've seen with that? Um, you know, here's the deal. I used to get hated all the time because I said I'm working all the time. People already left me alone. People who, I, no high performer will tell you that. Yeah. So you're dealing with a bunch of low performers. Interesting. <laughs> and then and those people that are actually, and, and call them out. Really, the truth is, you don't have to tell any. I didn't tell anything to them. But in my mind is, the reason that you're giving me a hard time is because you're not pursuing what you want to be doing. Yeah. That's it. So that's cool with me. I used to have people who messaged me like, yeah, but you gotta you gotta spend time with the people you love. Well, I'm like, well, I do, I do. Like, yeah. I am intentional with that. And can I do more? Sure, I can. Yeah. I possibly can. But could you do less? Sure, you could too. You see what I'm saying? And yeah. and by the way, if I spend intentional time outside of work, it should be intentional. Like, what good is my time on the couch watching a TV a show that doesn't get me any better? Yeah. Like, if me and my wife spend some time together. Um, which we do, and I'm, I'm actually trying to make that more of a priority, not because she's asked for it, because I know it needs to be. And, like, if we're going to go to movies, like, we went to go watch the Nike Air movie this weekend with, jo mm -hmm. with Michael Jordan thing. And it was cool because it's a documentary. Yeah. Like, so if we're at home and she's like, let's watch TV, we watch documentaries. I'm trying to get better and spend time with my wife. Yeah, yeah no, it's absolutely, yeah, it works both ways. You know, if we're going to sit outside and jump in the pool for a little while, we'll talk a little business. I'll take my Kindle out. I'll read a little bit with her. We'll talk. It's intentional. Yeah. Like, I don't see what people think that just getting fucked up outside on a Saturday night barbecuing is connecting. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't get you any far. Well, that, you're absolutely right because that's one of the reasons I stopped drinking. Like my my drinking has gone down by like 99 percent, <laughs> and through COVID, I was struggling with. I was an alcoholic. I'd eat Probably like crazy. I, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's interesting to look back and see how much fucking time I wasted oh, when I could have been doing so much more. And and I and I found that to be the most revelational thing because when I would go out and hang out with my friends, I'd get shit faced into the night. Yep. They're like shit the next morning. My kids didn't care that I was hungover. They wanted breakfast. So that life did not serve me anymore. And, and I think a lot of my friends or a lot of people that are in similar situations look at it and it's like, you're not the same anymore. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know what I'm struggling? I'm not, this is an internal struggle. It has nothing to do with external. Internal struggle for me is making sure that I try to give time to my, my family, like my, 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 my mom and my sisters and my brother and all those people. I want to spend time with them. But when we get together, I can't because most of the time they're talking about things that I don't care to talk about. 
So it's a very internal struggle with me. Yeah. Like it's very hard right now. And um, the reason you, I'm saying this though is because when you reference that, like all the people I hung out with in high school, I used up until about two or three years ago, I would hang out with them still, or at least say hi to them, or go out on a weekend, or what. I don't do any of those things anymore. And it, you know, I think there's a season for people, right? There's a season for people. It doesn't mean I don't love them. doesn't mean I don't care about them. doesn't mean I don't want to do anything with them ever again. It doesn't mean I don't respect them. It just means that I'm in a season where I think people are, are, are meant to be in your life at certain times, and then you go on. I, you know, I read a post the other day. Somebody, somebody was saying a farewell to somebody on Facebook. like They were like leaving a job, and so one of the coworkers was like, sorry to see you go. It's going to be different. It's not going to be the same without you. And then at the bottom, P.S., never change. And I was like, <laughs> that's such a curse. Yeah. Like, never change? Yeah. Like, that's a curse on somebody's name. It, it really is. <laughs> without growth, I mean, wh what are you trying to achieve? I mean, I, I've found that the fear, for me specifically, is my biggest driver because time is of the essence. And I okay. just, I hit 41. So I know that now I probably have less sunrises and sunsets nah, man, in the future. Go probably uh, we'll touch on artificial intelligence right now. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that that fear is my number one driver because when I wake up in the morning, it's like I want to do as much as I possibly can to leave my mark on the world while I'm here. It's called because it, it's it's interesting because also I heard Alex Hormozzi talk about this and I hated him for saying this. He said, it, it won't matter anyways. Two weeks after you die, people are going to forget about you. Your wife's going to move on. Your kids are going to move on. Life is going to move on. I hated him for saying that, but it's true. Nobody cares, man. The casket's gone. You're done. Yeah. They'll hire somebody else to replace you. To replace you. <laughs> it, it, it's the most heartbreaking fucking thing, but yet I'm still here trying to figure out life. And it's, 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 an, interesting, it's an interesting dynamic that you have to do, go through as an uh, entrepreneur. Well, I think that, you know, my biggest in my book and, and even in life, this is my philosophy of life. Leave it better than you found it. And I, I think give more than you take. Right? Leave an impact that goes generational, right? That goes generations to, to go. I was, I was sitting with Les Brown here in McAllen, Texas. Les Brown came down about three or four years ago, sitting down with him, private dinner. And he says, son, tell me about your great, great, great grandfather. I said, what do you mean? He goes, what is his name? What did he do? And I said, that's a good question. I don't know. And he goes, you know why you don't know his name? And I said, I mean, this is like a stupid, like, what, 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 what am I supposed to say, right? And he looks over at me, he goes, because he didn't leave you anything. Hmm. And then I said, oh, shit, that was so impactful. Yeah. Because it's the truth, right? It's like, what did he leave me? Nothing. So, so then I thought that moment was a big epiphany, and it was like, that's what I mean. Revelation, epiphany. The ep revelation, wow, that's that's crazy. Epiphany, won't let that happen again. My, just, my great great grandkids, even greater than that, will know my name. Yeah. And they won't know my name because I just wrote it on a book, because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write several books. I'm going to give, I'm going to deliver, and I'm going to leave this world better than I found it. And they're going to know my name. Interestingly enough, uh, going back to Les Brown, he was one of the reasons why I started off. So for all my life, I worked at Dairy Queen. My dad owned Dairy Queen and Mercedes. I was there. Does since, he still own it? He still owns it. I was there since three years old. He's taken me to work with him every single day 
since I was three years old till I got to about 30 years old. And I was listening to Les Brown and I did some humanitarian work uh, in Dominican Republic. And I had Les Brown, I was listening to for three years on my fucking couch, listening to Les Brown. And it was like, dude, there is no way I can just listen to this. I have to apply it in life. That that disconnect is like, dude, it took me three years to learn that shit. And so Les Brown was super hungry. impactful on my life. And how I hungry, wanted, yeah. It's the most interesting thing in the world that I found that motivation simply is not enough. Well, motivation is just like bathing, as they say, right? You got to do it over and over daily. And I don't even think I need a motivation anymore. I'm not. I do get inspired. Mm-hmm. I don't need motivation. I get inspiration today. And I find inspiration in everything. This podcast studio, you doing this good work, you know, looking around me, I'm like, man, this is inspiring. I need to do something bigger. Like your studio makes me want to do better with mine. That's inspirational, right? I don't need to be motivated to do that shit. Like right. I just need to be inspired with an idea and I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Like that's me. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, you, you, and the thing for me too is like, you have to see it. You have to see it and you have to be in, engulfed in it to be able to understand it. Yeah. I, I feel you know, I feel like that there's some 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 truth to that. I think that what you can't see is more powerful than what you can see. And I think that there's a lot of, like, to have a vision so great. You know, I have an idea, and I don't want to go, I'm not going to share it here. I'll just say that I have a, an idea that I've been wanting to take action on for, like, the last, I'd say, about a year. And, um, again, this is, the reason I haven't taken action on it is because there's one person missing in the equation, okay? And I don't know who that is. Like, I don't know who that is, but I'm going to find him. Yeah. And, and it's intentional, right? So actually, I think I know who it is. I think. And so about a few, about a week ago, I reached out to a buddy and I said, hey, I know you know this guy. I really want to connect with him. This is the thing I want to talk to him about. You think you could get me to connect? He says, Let me see what I can do. Yesterday afternoon, he sent me a, num- a number and he says, hey, he says he wants to talk. <laughs> and see, boom intentional connection but the only way i would have gotten to this guy is through one guy so it's like you gotta go intentional connections to get to that thing and so this is literally this is my hundred million dollar idea this is my number one if i get this in play uh we're going to the moon Nice. We'll, we'll have a hundred million dollars in three years well david i i (laughs) wish you the success all the success in the world man before we finish off the podcast yep Give some insight for people that are, are probably, for one, struggling right now, and two, hope. Okay. Here, here's the deal. Life sucks, and struggle, that's <laughs> so funny, it's a stupid saying, the struggle is real, you know? The struggle is real. Like, the only difference between those who struggle and those who don't are the people that do something about it. Like, let the struggle be a pain, be, be so painful that action is taken. Let the pain be so strong that you won't allow it to happen to you again. Be, be so frustrated with your current position that that frustration causes you to take action. If you do that, there is hope for you. And I don't mean hope. I mean, you know, I don't wish anybody luck. And I don't want to hope for anything. I wish people success. And I wish people to take action. Because behind action becomes a result. Good or bad, results are results. But bad results beget experience, and good results lead you towards success. And if you understand that, then what you do every single day is you get frustrated, pissed off, take action, and get a result. Frustrated, pissed off, take action, get a result. Frustrated, So some people get frustrated, pissed off, and sit on the couch. Frustrated, pissed off, sit on the couch. 
Don't be that. Take action. You feel fat, go run. You know, put the donut down. If you feel broke, figure out one, communication, two, marketing, three, sales. Figure that out. Don't and and don't say, how do I do it? Because the truth is, everywhere teaches you everything. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Even if you follow a dumbass like me, you're gonna learn something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna find some variance of success by just learning more than the other people. It is in my mind than ever before to do anything you want because there's a world full of lazy people out there. Don't be one of them. David, how can people find your book? Uh, David A. Perez or Pettis because we're in the valley. DavidAPettis.com. DavidAPettis.com. You can follow me on any social channel. I am DavidAPettis.com. Remember the A. Apparently, there's a lot of David Pettises in this world. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on any social DavidAPettis.com. If you need tax strategy, if you're a high net worth person making over fifty thousand, or not making, who owes more than fifty thousand dollars to the IRS year over year, and you want to stop paying taxes and you want to invest in real estate, hit me up at TaxPlanExperts.com. All right, guys. We will see you next time on the session. Peace. Thanks.